Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. Whoa! Welcome back to Sex and Science Hour. Apparently, we're on a whole new season now. Uh, yeah, what the hell? Season, yeah, right. It's arbitrary anyway. Season <laughs> five was a little bit short, but, uh, you know, we're, we're re- newly resolving... <laughs> To make a commitment to do this show once a goddamn week That's in right. season six and starting right the fuck now. Yeah. <laughs> we are in the studio. It's Friday night. And uh, I don't know about you, Brian, but I'm pretty excited to be here. Oh, of course. I, I actually feel show. really good about this show because we just came off um, episode one of season six was a live show. Where from we Porsche actually, Fest. Yeah, where we actually got to interact with our listeners in person and hear stories from our listeners. Um, Scary. I didn't really know what we were going to talk about, but I was like, you know what? You know what would be a good topic is like embarrassing sex stories from your childhood or like when you were discovering <laughs> sex. So we made that kind of a theme. Check it out. It's, uh, you know, the show before this one, obviously. But we've got some other stuff to talk about this week. And I know, Brian, that you are going to love this next story that I have for you. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to lay it right on you. Americans, according to the most recent Gallup poll, which is done, I think, every 10 years, they do a survey about this. Uh-huh. Americans hold record liberal views on most social issues. This is from Gallup. I'm going to read you a little bit more on this. Okay. So, Washington, D.C. Americans continue to express increasingly a liberal outlook on what is morally acceptable, as their views on 10 out of 19 moral issues that Gallup measures are the most left-leaning or permissive they have been to date. The percentages of U.S. adults who believe that birth control... Divorce, sex between unmarried people, <gasps> gas clutching pearls. I'll refrain from commenting. <laughs> sex between unmarried people, gay or lesbian relations, having a baby outside of marriage, doctor assisted suicide, pornography, and polygamy are morally acceptable practices, have tied record highs or set new ones this year. At the same time, record lows say the death penalty and medical testing on animals are morally acceptable. So wait, met, met. their record low numbers of oh, Americans okay. approve of the death penalty and testing on animals. So but record high numbers approve of birth control, divorce, sex between unmarried or gay people and polygamy and doctor assisted suicide. How did this happen under a Trump presidency? I mean, um... that's a good question. I, I mean, I think a lot of people uh I don't know. I think a lot of people are like, what benefits me? You know, they don't really have like a consistent philosophy. They're just like, well, what, what is the best for me? Or like, do I know someone in my life who's divorced or gay or whatever? Well, and, you know, do doing, I love them? Yes. Okay. Then I approve <laughs> of divorce and gayness. Doing what's best for you is a perfectly consistent philosophy and a wonderful one, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and I guess you could say that. Yeah. That's uh, one way to look at it. <laughs> sure. But, um, I mean, this is interesting that that this is coming out and the numbers are, in fact, I I remember seeing uh, more about this and the number differences from the past are dramatic. They are. They're like wildly higher, which is almost kind of weird. And so, you know, I mean, someone could get could get wondering about the what's the sample size who are the, what's the demographic who oh did well they i mean it's done by gallup that. so that's like pretty much the the gold standard as far as polling goes you know they sure. do, do the demographic representation and stuff like that yeah i mean do between I mean, them and pew research i mean right they're you know, really this setting is what a the lot bar. of people this is what people will cite 
Yeah. Okay. Who and including people that probably don't feel very liberal about things. This is who they would <laughs> regularly cite. Uh, yes, so that's right. I mean, I guess they could hold the double standard of well, but because it's not it doesn't hold, you know cater to my opinion. Um, or my thoughts on things, then this time Gallup's wrong. But when it's, you know, talking about black people and, and whatever, then, uh, then Gallup's right. And I, I mean, it's whatever, you know, why black people? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying that, like, I know there's a lot of people who hold very conservative views mm -hmm. that would use Gallup polls to bolster their position as to where here's a Gallup poll that is doing the, quite the opposite. Yeah. Saying that conservatives are in the decline, which I mean, I couldn't be happier about. Uh, right. So do you want to hear the numbers on this? Yeah, please. Okay. So 91% of Americans approve of birth control, and that is a record high. 91%. Now, actually, I'm actually a little bit surprised that 9% of Americans don't approve of birth control. <laughs> like, who are these people, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, anyone who wants to fuck and not get pregnant, right? Not create a baby every single time. Well, that's the thing. A lot of Christians would be against birth control in general. You know, they would yeah. say that it's setting odd, st or odd uh, incentives. But anyway, continue. Setting odd incentives. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, guess I could see that, um, you know, but... It's it's really hard for me to like get behind any kind of argument that or to even wrap my head around any kind of argument that says people shouldn't have control over what like their reproduction. Right. right. They shouldn't be able to self-determine in that way. Anyway, um, we'll, we'll get through the rest of these because there's a lot of issues that they asked about. So 73 percent of Americans approve now of divorce. That is also a record high. Right on. Yeah, uh, I mean, the other thing is, I think there's I I feel like there's a, a pretty good narrative and groundswell going on around like where people just feel marriage is just completely outdated. Yeah, well, we've covered that on the show where, yeah. you know, people are getting married. Younger people are getting married less frequently. Right. Right. And marriages um, are are not as likely to stay together as they were in the past. And right. I mean, I think that's a good thing because you need to have that right of exit. Like you, you intend to make a commitment to someone forever when you get married, hopefully, but you know, you should be able to get out of it if something changes, if they become abusive or something like that, or if something or just you grow apart for whatever reason you want, you should be able to get out of it. Sure. I mean, and these are related, like if you're for birth control and, mm -hmm. but like, then you'd be against divorce. That's kind of weird, right? Because you'd actually right. want both, you know, you'd want to be like for divorce and for, I mean, you're, you're pretty much for relationship choices. That's really what's being said here. Right. Uh, and and I think that we are we really are entering a time where a lot of these concepts of what relationships are and what they originally. I mean, you got to grasp that most of the ideas that we have about relationships from marriage to divorce to even why, when and whatever about having children, a lot of these other things are hundreds, if not thousands of years old institutions mm. that had absolutely nothing to do with freedom of choice, freedom of association, oh, or no. love. They were all and, about keeping the society functioning. Yes, you know. they're all about, you know, trading for camels and all this other right. shit. Okay. And even the idea that, like, you know, the, the legal concept of marriage, mixing it in with love is like a very new idea as well. Very new. Marriage like and love new. were su were totally separate for most of history. Yeah, I, I highly doubt it's even a hundred year old idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just not a part of the program, but it, it changed quickly. Right. Um, and I think we're at the point where love's getting a lot freer. Yeah, you know, and 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 people are are realizing that these i concepts, even like divorce mm -hmm. and others, uh, are as antiquated as. I don't know. Horses. You mean the idea that you shouldn't be able to get divorced is antiquated? Not the idea of divorce. Right? No, I, I, I think <laughs> so. it's getting to the point that like divorce, like marriage and a lot of these other things are being seen as the, you know, ancient uh, uh, oppressive institutions. Oh, marriage that they and divorce. Yeah, are I mean, sort divorce of sides of the same coin. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The same That's what I'm saying. Coin. Like divorce shouldn't even be a part of the program, I think, for a lot of people today. Right. Well, you know. But then neither it, should marriage in their mind. Right. Well, I mean, I think you're. I think you're thinking of one step ahead of a lot of the people in this poll because, I mean, yes, it's great that 73% of Americans approve of the idea of divorce, but like, who are the other 27% who don't? Catholics. Right? I, 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 maybe they're religious. 
I, I don't think it's only Catholics, but like, I don't know. It's just that seems awfully high to me, right? Like there's almost a quarter of people out there who don't believe that you should be able to get a divorce if you want out of a marriage. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like that could be seen as kind of depressing. But anyway, it's a record high. So I guess it's, things are going in a more progressive direction. Yes. The, politics progresses and society progresses. Okay, next one. Sex between an unmarried man and woman. They made sure to add the, define the genders very carefully here. Uh, 69% approve of sex between an unmarried heterosexual couple. Speaks to the point I was just making, that these institutions are seen for the, you know, antiquated camel trading setups that they were. Right. You know? Now, this is really interesting because, so... About 70%, 69, 69 is a good number, right? For, for that? sex? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. 69% of Americans approve of, you know, sex outside of marriage. But when you look at the statistics of people who get married and how many of them are actually virgins on their wedding day, it's like 1%. Yeah. So people's behavior doesn't always line up with what they, you know, profess as morally correct you know <laughs> yeah they're not always following their own the standards that they might apply to other people or shame other people for sure absolutely saying. which i mean again all this stuff is just traditions and mm -hmm. you know most people don't follow them you know they like to pay lip service to them but right. they, they don't follow them so gambling 65 percent. that's about two-thirds that's not saying a record it's okay or anything. yeah 65 percent say it's okay yeah i mean what the hell i mean i i think I'm not a fan, but go for it. Yeah, I, I know. That's never been something that really appeals to me. I love video games, but, you know. I, I like casinos. Money. <laughs> like, I've hung out in casinos. I mean, they're, you know, they're like mini amusement parks. Um, well, some of them are better than others, you know. Well, that's, they, they can this be is very true. depressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, see but, the sunlight for three days. No, I know, I know. But, I mean, I, like I've sat around the keynote table a few times, you know, cigar in mouth and everything, dressing nice and, you know, just, just hanging out, you know, with whoever, you know, the guys and gals and you name it. And But you're literally there just to, like, you're not planning on winning jack shit. You know what I mean? And, right. And that, that's that's the thing is that you're just there for the time. You're there to for the for the company and maybe for a bit of the atmosphere and, and yeah, things like that. Like a lot of things, the problem is when people don't understand the differentiation between reality and fantasy, or yeah. you know, they don't understand what's really going on. You know. So anyway, next one: gay or lesbian relations, sixty three percent approve. So, All right. so, I mean, actually, that is kind of depressing. Like, more people approve of heterosexual sex outside of marriage than gay sex or gay relationships. <laughs> more people approve of divorce than they do of gay relationships. I guess that's heterosexual divorce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, if the numbers are going up, great, but... You know, gay gay relationships are excellent birth control, but yet 91% of people approve of birth control, but only 63% 60, <laughs> approve of gay relationships. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that just seems kind of backwards to me. But anyway, maybe we're making some progress. Having a baby outside of marriage. So 69% approve of unmarried heterosexual sex. Only 62% approve of heterosexual people having a baby from that heterosexual unmarried sex mm. <laughs> so it's okay like so there's an area in the, there's about seven percent where it's okay if you have sex but it's not okay if you have a baby from that sex those better be people who also approve of birth control that's all i'm saying or else they're <laughs> something's fucked up something doesn't add up <laughs> uh Human embryonic stem cell research, 61% approve. Wow. Yeah, that's very interesting because if you look at the at the Bush administration and the news, like, I just remember I, re I was in uh, college at the time and I was working, at, you know, I get a degree in biochemistry. Mm -hmm. So this was a big issue back in 2005 um, where they were like, you know, declaring the ban on stem cell research, the federal ban on funding for stem cell research. And uh, everyone was trying to like lobby for like, no, you know, like Christopher, Christopher Reeve came out and said like, save my spinal cord and Nancy Reagan and everyone. And, um, you know, it was like a big thing, but a lot of people opposed it and they didn't understand the issue. So I'm kind of surprised to see that many people that approve. Next, we have the uh, the death penalty. Fifty eight percent approve of the death penalty. So that's still a majority, but that is a low. That is a low number. Hmm. And I will tell you that I do not approve of the state 
executing people. Uh, Absolutely. The state, in the abstract, like not the state of New Hampshire or something, but like any state, you know, any government organization, you know, the idea that they should hold the power of life and death in their hands is really not cool with me. I mean, if, if, if one person has been mistakenly convicted and we know that they have many times because there's an organization called the innocence project that sets people free from death row and exonerates people and there are people that end up on death row all the time who didn't actually commit those crimes yeah so you know i just think they make mistakes and it's not okay for groups of people to be deciding that yeah i agree uh doctor assisted suicide is kind of almost on par with that at 57 percent approval rate and that's a high wow yeah now, if you've ever known somebody who uh, has had a terminal illness, you know, and has expressed a desire to end their life and to have control over that process instead of just letting it happen naturally, however it's going to happen, which can be very painful and gruesome, you know, you probably understand this issue pretty well. Sure. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it just sounds like people are getting are into having control of their lives, you know, for that's once. What it, yeah, and, that's what I'm hearing, too. That's a theme yeah. of control over their lives. Yeah. yeah, and calling that liberal, I mean, fine, but l- that's really all this is saying. And mm. great, you know. So so now these are two, two more interesting ones. Um, 57% approve of buying or wearing clothing that is made out of animal fur. However, only 51% approve of testing medications on animals. Interesting. Yeah. Well, this is something that's happening, whether people like to honestly wear animal fur, eat animals or whatever. Mm. I, You know, a lot of like the paleo crowd, even the carnivore crowd, a lot of the special diets, mm. which are all the rage, you know, depending upon which one, uh, including, you know, and then vegetarians and vegans and whatever. They all pretty much universally agree the way animals are treated sucks. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not so much about necessarily Nobody what Nobody really that- likes factory farming except the people who buy meat that comes from factory farms because that's all they can afford. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, most people really don't like that situation. Um, so this kind of fits in line with that, that it's it's not so much about, you know, the poor animals. It's more about, wait a minute, how are they being, you know, how are they being handled in mm-hmm. this case? Yeah. Uh, but are people willing to actually put their money where their mouth is on that? You if know, they and, can, I think so. Yeah. If they can't. And, Are they and, willing to either stop buying products that come from unethically treated animals that they consider unethically treated or are they willing to spend more for like vegan alternatives or cruelty free alternatives or whatever that's uh that's a a, another question now a side note that's kind of related to that Uh you and i recently tried these beyond burgers yes i think we talked about them on the show maybe last season or something they are a plant-based burger like thing food Uh product (laughs) that is made out of pea protein and i think it has uh like beets in there for coloring and it's like it's almost supposed to simulate like the bloodiness of a hamburger and you know we didn't have high expectations but we tried them because we were curious and they turned out to be really good but then we went to the store we tried to find them again and they were out and actually Mm -hmm. not only just that store was out but every store was out so i guess they're having a shortage now but people must really like these things yeah. So I think that shows maybe a changing tide on opinions on eating meat or something like that. If there's a good alternative, I think people would be willing to buy it. So uh, anyway, 43% approve abortion, 36% approve sex between teenagers, uh, 36% approve of porn, yet 100% watch porn, and 17% approve of polygamy. There you have it, folks. Uh, moral decline of America. No, actually, I think couldn't it's- be happier. Oh, here's another interesting one. Nine percent approve of extramarital affairs. Hey. Yet seventy percent of married people are having them. I can't square away these statistics. I just think it's really interesting to see how views on stuff like this are changing. Well, I mean, the, the easy way that yeah, you're right, but the easy way to square it away is that. And look, I kind of agree with this. There really are no rules other than the ones you set for yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and people are going to, you know, act hopefully under, they're always going to act under self-interest because that's all you can do. Right. Um, But hopefully they start acting under enlightened self-interest and that can take a lot of different shapes and there doesn't have to be necessarily a logical consistency. People don't care, you know. Uh, So, yeah, I think this might paint that picture 
uh, you know, that's how humans are. And if so, you know, there's really nothing wrong with that. You know, one more interesting one that I didn't get a chance to sneak in that last segment, cloning humans. How many people do you think approve of cloning, oh, cloning humans? I couldn't Americans? begin to guess. 14% say, of Americans say it's okay to clone humans. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of uh, liberal views on things, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> the FDA is the, the the Food and Drug Administration. They have some control over you know foods and labeling in the United States, uh, and they regulate drugs, pharmaceuticals, and stuff like that, but not supplements. But uh, they control labeling on foods, and they apparently have a pretty liberal definition of the added sugar label. And there's a group that's really pissed off that it's being applied to them. I'm going to read you this. This is from NPR. Uh, the, the headline is FDA's added sugar label hits sour note with maple syrup <laughs> makers. Maple syrup producers take pride in their pure natural product. So when the U.S. Food and Drug Administration proposed new labeling to say maple syrup contains, quote, added sugar, producers fought back. The outrage is particularly strong in Vermont, the nation's top producer of maple syrup, where it's illegal to adulterate maple syrup with cane or beet sugar and sell it as the real thing. At Slopeside Syrup in Richmond, Vermont, Roger Brown and his brother Doug are cleaning up from a season during which they made 600, sorry, 6,600 gallons of syrup. Wow. I mean, imagine how much sap they started out with. It must have been like 25,000 gallons of sap. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) They would be piping it in from the forest or something. (laughs) You know, we've we've been hiking and we've seen trees that look like they're being tapped in like a network and the the sap is being piped somewhere. I wonder if that's like part of a maple syrup operation. But anyway, uh, back to the article here. Parts of this operation are high tech. Pumps and tubes. Yep. We were right. Help deliver the sap to holding tanks, and a reverse osmosis machine concentrates the sweetness in the sap before boiling. But since the sap run ended, they've also spent weeks hiking across 600 very steep acres to pull some 23,000 taps from trees by hand. Uh, So this is just about what they do. Uh, This hard work is at the heart of what makes their product different from the other stuff called, quote, syrup on store shelves. That's why Roger Brown initially thought FDA's added sugar label might make sense. He says, my first reaction when I heard about it was, oh, great, right? He said, added sugar is going to have to be labeled. And maple syrup obviously contains no added sugar. So it's not going to have that label. But all the other fluid products that we compete against, Mrs. Butterworth, Log Cabin, whatever, he said, those all have added sugars, so they're going to have to have added sugar labels. That would be a great differentiator for us. But the FDA had something else in mind. As part of a campaign to educate consumers about excess sugar in their diets, the FDA wants to label maple syrup as containing, quote, added sugar, meaning an additional amount of sugar in your diet. So it's not sugar added to the product, it's Ah. sugar added to your diet. It became apparent that the FDA wasn't going to sort of bow to reality or bow to a standard interpretation of the English language, said Roger Brown. And so it was going to continue to say, no, no added sugar. That doesn't mean sugar added to food. It means sugar added to your diet in excess of what's nutritionally appropriate. That doesn't even make sense. Like, why would you use that word? Like, sugar... Right. It's confusing, right? Yeah. You know, this is just like kind of the doublespeak that goes into these nutritional labels. Like, Uh for example, there's a rule, apparently, from the... I think it's the FDA or maybe it's the... USD. No, I think it's the FDA who controls the the nutritional labeling, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the USDA. I'm sorry, I don't know, but it's one of those government agencies that controls nutritional labeling. Sure. That if something contains less than half a gram of sugar per serving, you're allowed to put it on the label as zero grams of sugar, or like less than one, less than half a gram, or something like that. Right. And it's technically allowed to be called sugar free. Right. Now, Tic Tacs are completely made of sugar, but because the serving size is so small and it's under half a gram of sugar per Tic Tac, (laughs) which is one serving, they are allowed to be called sugar-free, even though they are literally made of sugar. Right. So that's the kind of backwards labeling you get. And then like the the USDA organic label, I think there's something where it's allowed to be like 5% non-organic, but it doesn't say 95% organic, it says USDA organic. 
right? You would think that if you saw that label, it would be all organic, but it's not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing. Governments need boogeymen. You know, they need things to go after. And I'm not, look, sugar is bad for you. Like, like It that, is, not. but they, they've been ignoring that as, a, as like a real bad boogeyman for years. Well, it just pyramid. wasn't its time. They had other ones. They could go after tobacco, you know, big tobacco. They could go after big whatever. And now they're going after big sugar, right? I mean, and, and this is a popular thing in New York. It's been going on for 20 years there. Uh, or, you know, well, yeah, now 20 years. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, this is like their new, this is their new whipping boy is to go after sugar and it justifies their existence, just like they create enemies in foreign countries mm. that they claim and an army has to go after when really it's bullshit. Um, <laughs> well, or they want to tax it and regulate it, right? Like there, yeah. there's a sugar tax on some sodas in certain cities. Right. Um, so there's... And I mean, understand sugar's role in government has been, this has been a thing since honestly, the Spanish American war. Okay. You know, oh, we're, yeah, we're yeah. talking, you know, over a hundred years here that this has been uh, a matter. You oh, know? the sugar lobby is a huge special interest that's sure. in, you know, bed with a lot of these government agencies. And th there was that whole scandal where in the 1950s, the sugar industry funded all these studies to say that sugar is good for you and fat causes heart disease, not sugar. Don't look at us. There's nothing wrong with us. Yeah. Right. Bottom line, it there is no good regulation. There are no good added labels to come no, from the it's government. Silly. So fuck it's it very all. silly. So uh, there's public comment on these rules. Well, but the time has passed for that. So never mind. It's just an entertaining story. I want to have some pancakes, damn it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we have like 10 seconds. Go whip up some uh, Bisquick here. <laughs> all right. I just had a bunch of pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> In your mind, in yeah. your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got something a little bit different right now. Um, so the first story, it wasn't exactly a sex story. Brian was like, where's the sex story in the show prep tonight? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't really have one, but I do have two listener questions that are both about sexy topics. Okay. So would you like to, would you like to get started on those? I of think we'll course. Just, we'll just do the listener segment, uh, listener email segment here. Okay. So first one is from... Uh, name, not this time. <laughs> Comment. Uh, and here, this is the background music to show that we're in the, you know, the relationship questions section. Wow, the music just keeps going. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's like a little serenade for us. Okay. Floating so, in the music. <laughs> not this time says, I have benefited from oral enzyme therapy after a serious concussion revealed other problems a couple of years ago. I have a somewhat humorous and embarrassing side effect that has only recently begun. For the past few weeks, I almost always have a partial chubby. It's always been a grower, not a shower, so this is different for me. It doesn't impact sex, but it's awkward in day-to-day -day interactions. My neurophysiologist immediately wanted to put me on another enzyme replacement. The treatments would start once per week and eventually end up every 90 days or so. I do not, under any circumstances, want to have my... It says done messed with, but I think he means dick, maybe? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I've worked for years to build an active lifestyle. Or maybe it wasn't dick. <laughs> Uh, I do not under any circumstances want to have my done messed with. I've worked for years to build an active lifestyle. I don't know what they mean by that, but okay. Well, I mean, I'll say quick. I never want my dick messed with. There's a reason I don't drink. There's a reason I don't do a bunch of like, I don't want whiskey dick. I don't cigarettes, you know, kill the blood vessels and everything. Mm -hmm. I don't want stoner boner. I don't want any of that shit. Like, mm -hmm. like I don't want anything messing with my dick at all. So I can certainly respect that if that's what's going on. <laughs> Well, who does want something messing with? Well, their I don't know. Body? I mean, Maybe there's plenty of, of people body. that still do all these things, and they don't give a shit what it does to their dick. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe they have yeah. different priorities. I guess. Brian. I mean, I mean, hey, do them. I don't care. You know, I didn't mean to insult anybody. All right, keep going. <laughs> uh, they say, I think this is an overreaction, as the papers that my doctor showed me from the Mayo Clinic say that there's a fifty percent chance that this side effect will just go away. I'm thinking of trusting my gut, but would be interested in your thoughts. I don't really know what they're asking. Like, should they, are they I think they're saying, should they switch treatments so that they're, the, the side effect of the partial hard-on goes away? Is that what you got from that question, Brian? I guess. Okay. So, 
Okay, that's what I'm going to operate under the assumption that they're asking. Um, <laughs> dude, it's up to you. You know, well, uh, I think it, it would probably be... <laughs> okay, when you, when you switch a medicine, right? If you have a medicine that's working for you, maybe aside from this unfortunate side effect, uh, <laughs> you know, if you switch it, that there's a chance that that new medicine might not work as well or might create a different side effect. So you always have to be prepared for that. Right. There is always the possibility of, of it's going to be worse if you switch medications. And yeah, like your doctor said, this side effect might go away. I, it's kind of odd that it only popped up recently, no pun intended, and you've been taking this medication for years, but it's only recently that you have are walking around with a semi. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's not from the medication. Maybe it's from something else. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think there's any guarantees in life. So maybe if this medication is working for you, aside from this embarrassing side effect, you know, y- you should just stick with it. Uh, yeah. simplify your life. <laughs> but if it's really like, I could, I could also see that, you know, you don't want to be walking around with an erection all the time, well, especially if you're in like the grocery store or something like yeah. that. It's embarrassing. It's, it's inappropriate, you know? Okay. I'm not a doctor. People out. I, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice, blah, blah, blah. Um, so like one thing is, is every guy has to like, in my opinion, every guy has to constantly deal with something rubbing his junk all day long, unless they walk around naked. And even then, okay, like this is the nature of what we have, what you mean, we have. You mean like pants? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, like underwear and all that, you know, I okay. mean, so my first suggestion is, or, or here, here's my, here's my, my take. Don't, you know, try to keep it au naturel with whatever the fuck you've got going on. Like, like if it's just, if they say there's a chance it's naturally just going to stop doing that, then just fucking leave it that way. Okay. Okay. And, I was about to ask, what is the au naturel option in this case? Yeah. Is the, it nudism? Is it taking no, the no, medicine? No, 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 <laughs> Yeah. The option is, is to just like, like, just let it, l- let this pass. Um, okay. And as far as how to mitigate show it showing. Yeah. Give advice about that. Cause okay. I don't have that equipment. So if so. you, if you, know. yeah, if you wear boxers, stop where, um, hopefully you don't want to have kids or whatever, um, where, you know, your, your tidy whiteies, they don't have to be white. Um, and just, ha- you know, adjust that thing to where it's kind of moving a little bit up the left leg. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I mean, pointing up, like to where you have it kind of adjusted where it's, uh, it's almost like a bike handlebar in a way and, and just, and, but going a little up more, you know, like on a 10 speed and that, that, that's, that's what you do. You know, I mean, like, cause every guy's had to deal with this at, at point or just about every guy's had to deal with this at points where you have a very inconvenient boner. How the hell Usually do you it's when you're thing? like 13 in math class, nah, right? You have well, your book yeah, in front but, of your crotch. Yeah, but it can happen elsewhere too. And you know, I mean, there's tricks that you do. You put your hand in your in your pocket, you know, to to make it look like it's not like that. Your pants are bulging for another reason. Uh, sure. I mean, there's lots. You of always little... have the plausible deniability with the pants bulge, you know. Yes. Yeah. So, but <laughs> but I but you know, if there's a natural way for it to, that they say it's going to go away, that it's going to stop, stick with the natural. And like I said, just, just wear, you know, wear tighter underwear that will, that allows you that like will control how that appears in your pants. That's, that's what I got. I think that's good advice. And I mean, I, I don't want to like shame the listener or laugh no, at them for not it. At like, all. Yeah. You can't help it. This is a medical side effect. It's not like you're being a pervert and going to the grocery store and like rubbing yourself in the aisle or something. Right. You can't help this side effect. So as long as you do your best to to basically hide it and maintain sort of, you know, just a sense of decency yeah. and you're not actually perving out, you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And I don't know, like, so don't worry about it. There's styles of pants you can wear too. The hey, you know, I don't know. So just, just putting pants. that out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to our next uh, email. This was an interesting one. Okay. Do you think it's demeaning if your partner isn't really interested in being intimate with you if you don't have makeup on? And actually takes it to a point where if you want to be intimate, he asks you to put your makeup on and lingerie beforehand. Honestly, my husband makes me feel like shit doing that all the time. I have a five-month-old daughter, and I'm a full-time mom, and I don't really feel like getting dolled up for his viewing pleasure every damn day. 
I also feel extremely insecure when he makes me seem like I'm only sexually attractive in makeup and lingerie. I want to be able to just go natural and still feel sexy. I want to be able to go natural and still feel like a beautiful woman content in her own skin. I want to be able to eat whatever I want without being fat shamed until I go on a diet. And I don't even want to be on that. I don't even want to be on and deprive myself of food because my husband has convinced me that I'm fat. I want to be able to just love myself, but I fucking can't. I can't because no matter how many times I look in the mirror and feel okay with what I see, I hear a man's voice in the back of my head telling me to put makeup on, dress more sexy, lose some weight, and a million other things that just reinforce how inadequate I feel. Sorry, I'm ranting. I just had to say this somewhere to someone because all I want to do anymore is scream. Wow. Um, Dump the guy. No, <laughs> okay, well, we know Brian's <laughs> advice. Um, you know, I, I actually really do think that your husband is being an asshole. Mm. I, I do. It, like, it's one thing to have a preference for your partner to look a certain way or to be turned on by a certain look, but to like require it in the way that he does and to shame you for not doing that, especially when you have a young kid yeah. and you are busy and you just don't feel like it and you could use some like reassurance and some confidence, you know, some like just some help from your partner and feeling confident in your body. And um, and you like what you see when you look in the mirror until, you know, his voice kind of gets in your head. Um, I really think that he's dropping the ball there. I think he's being an asshole. Yeah. Well, all right. Not like, yes, I think I think there's a lot going on here. Yeah. You know, like, like th this has on. a very this has ramifications that seem to go well beyond sex. OK, so sure. this is kind of different. Uh, but I think everybody has their needs for a um, I mean, not a need might be a strong word, but wants for how to have a great sexual experience. OK, uh, and I understand that there are people, guys and gals who, you know, really like makeup and like some clothing and all these and these other things, uh, you know, to make it happen. Um, but there are people who have other needs that aren't so visual, perhaps, or that aren't so potentially wrapped up in a lot of uh, uh, what could be seen as shaming, like like this mm. woman describes. Um, there are certain words I like used during sex. There's certain things I like to hear, you know, during sex. I don't need those, but do they do I do I set them as like a baseline of of sex and things like that or like a like of a really great time or something like that? Sure. But it's not that huge of a deal because, you know, none of that. I mean, like there, there's either a workarounds with that or B, you know, it's not something like, oh, you have to do all this work. Like the person just has yeah. to say something, you know. So you're saying that, Brian, that probably you know, there's some kink that her husband has yes. that doesn't require her to spend hours and hours getting dolled up when she doesn't feel like it. Well, there, there's, there's some way, some turn on that he could, something he could find to be turned on to, about that doesn't require all this work. Well, that's not exactly what I'm, I'm saying that, that everybody has their thing. And unfortunately, in this case, this guy's thing requires a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And that is not that. I mean, yeah, women don't roll out of bed like that. While it's and, yeah, <laughs> while it's OK for people to have their thing, it's not OK to force somebody to, you know, to, to take part in it um, and to potentially shame them over it and, and do other things. OK, so that's kind of what I'm saying here. But that said, you know, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I like the, again this has much broader ramifications than just sex and yes i absolutely believe that a guy should just think you're hot without i mean i'm almost the opposite where i'm not a big fan of makeup at all yeah because a it gets messy b the next morning it's usually not there right <laughs> and you know y you could end up with what looks like a completely other person the, ne the next day mm -hmm. and unless that's what you really plan for that's not, you know, it's like, whoa, that's, that can be kind of shocking, especially mm -hmm. if you're having more casual sex or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just, I, it's hard to empathize with this guy. Yeah, I mean, now maybe he's got a fetish for this, but it's like, really, is your fetish the most important thing? Like when your no. wife just had a baby and she's got like a five-month-old baby and she's trying to take care of the baby and... Like, it, it's really not like, no, your dick is not the most important thing right now. You know, <laughs> like maybe give her some support and helping her feel uh, confident and sexy. Right. Um, 
Now, I guess my opinion on makeup and stuff is like, I think it can be fun to put on. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy putting on makeup on my face, but I don't like when I feel pressured to put it on. Right. You know what I mean? I like or to the opposite, have the choice. The pressure to not. Right. That's yeah. just as bad. Yeah. I like to be able to sort of make the decision myself. Damn right. And um, if I like a person, it doesn't really matter if they have makeup or lingerie on. I like them no matter what they're wearing. You know, yeah. preferably nothing, right? <laughs> well, here's here's the, yeah, and I think here's part of the crux of this. And this is a problem with a lot of people. Honestly, a lot of times it's more, has, it's a problem for guys than it is for gals. You're having sex with another person. Like, let that sink in. Mm. You're not having sex with you. You're having sex with another person. That's another person, you know, that has their own agency, mm -hmm. their own desires, their own things that they want to do. Um, but I think a lot of people have sex thinking, how is this going to please me? How is this is me, 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 me? I mean, and in a way oh, it yeah. is you, 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 you. But at the same time, you know, this is like a, a you know, a very special connection, you know, the human social connection that humans uh, engage in. But that's a real problem is that people forget that you're not having sex with yourself, you know, and just using this person. You're you're having sex. Yeah, with you're person. not having sex with an object either. Right. Like that is there is a real person in there. Right. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think one of the sexiest things is when somebody chooses how they want to look and looks how they feel most confident, not yeah. how I want them to look, right? I could almost care less. It's like, I want them to have the choice. Right. And that comes through in their confidence. So I don't know what this, you know, I don't know if you want to stay married to this person, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I really think, uh, <laughs> I really think he's dropping the ball here. And now I haven't seen a picture of you, but... I think it's great that you asked for an outside perspective on this. I am sure you're beautiful, and I hear that you like what you see, and I think that's more important than whether someone else likes what they see. Because Damn right. the most important thing is for you to feel comfortable in your own skin. So thanks for writing. Good luck. You and, just uh, heard Sex This has been Sex and Science Hour. We'll be with an after show. Play but again if you're next leaving week. us now, next week. Sex and Science Hour. This is our after show where we talk about uh, stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. You can get any of the items that you hear about on the after show through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, and we will talk about it on the next opportunity on our next after show. Now, we left off somewhere in March uh, <laughs> on the items that we were covering uh, for the after show. So I have to like adjust the date range on this. Um, well, you know, while you're doing that, yeah. there's something I want to share. Yeah. Oh, please. That That's relevant to the last email that we read. Okay? Yes. Here's what's ultimately sexy, regardless of fetish, regardless of anything, is someone's raw desire to want to fuck you. And if that and there's a lot of body signals and other things, if that is being expressed in whatever way it's being expressed, forget about everything else. The rest of the stuff is just icing on the cake that you don't need. You know what I mean? I mean, or it's, it could be nice, but you know, it's just, it doesn't have to be a part of the program. And I think if ultimately that desire is just not there at all, like that want to have sex and everything. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to start rethinking things. I don't know. Yeah. That that's my bottom line on it. Yeah. I, I agree. I think everybody wants to feel valued for the person that they are. Right. Yeah, I mean, the thing like that, I mean, I'll just say it. The thing that'll make me come in a heartbeat is when I see like that almost, I call it almost like a hungry look on a, on a gal's face where like, yeah, she wants, you know, to be to be doing this. And, and that, <laughs> uh, oh man, it's everything. Oh yeah, that's definitely sexy. I think that's one of the, I I actually think that is one of the things that keeps women in heterosexual situations <laughs> 
Now, okay, this might be a crazy theory, but like, okay, you, let's be honest. In general, men aren't sexy, you know? Oh, I agree. Men aren't very sexy, especially compared to women. Women are soft and beautiful and like yeah. very curvy and round and like just they're very beautiful and sexy. Fucking right. The male form, not so much. And especially a lot of men, you know, they don't really put a lot of energy and effort into uh, their looks, right? As Absolutely. Much as, as much as women are expected to culturally. Right. So, um, but the, but one thing that a lot of women will say that they find to be a huge turn on is when their partner really wants them and desires them. Mm-hmm. So in that case, it doesn't really matter what what you look like, right? If they find being desired sexy, you know, anyone can desire you, right? Yeah. And if they like you enough, you know... <laughs> And then they'll let you have them, right? Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what. When your husband says, hey, could you put some makeup on? Tell him, you know, tell him, hey, could you put on, like, I don't know, another 20 pounds of muscle then first? And then we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Right. Like, I mean, just, yeah, just anyway. All right. What do you got? Uh, we got some some items listed up. Oh, we've got items for sure. Okay. Um, maybe we should break up the list over the next few episodes a bit. But Yeah, I think maybe I'll shorten the list a little bit. Um, but. Okay, let's just start at the beginning. Uh, the first item we have is Nature's Wild Berry, the flavor-changing wild berry. And these are non-GMO. These are like, um, I think these are the those miracle berries that you put on your tongue and you can eat a lemon and it'll taste like sweet. Like they make oh, sour things yeah, yeah, taste yeah. sweet. That's really cool. And this was forty two forty nine. Wow. This was like, a, like pretty expensive for a little jar of berries. But I mean, like... You have to know, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's know. really cool. I'd love to hear a report of how that went. I've actually never tried a miracle berry. I had a, a tree that was a miracle berry tree, but it never bore fruit because I couldn't keep it alive. So, yikes. <laughs> unfortunately, two pack of uh, super shields for LG uh, tempered glass screen protector. It was, screen protectors are very popular in our circles. Yep. We had the, the best chemistry model kit. It has atom and bonding pieces for building molecular molecules. So this is like, you know, when your chemistry teacher had like a model of like, um, I don't know, methane or something like that. And it yeah. shows the, the angles of the bonds and like the carbon and hydrogen molecules are different colored balls. Um, that's what the, that person bought. That's really cool. Nice. Saturday Morning Fever, Growing Up with Cartoon Culture, a paperback from 1998. That sounds interesting. Oh, that sounds awesome. I'm going to have to get my hands on that. <laughs> Here's the description. It's pre-dawn Saturday morning. You and your brother are the first ones up, gathering pillows and blankets as the TV warms up to the weekly farm report. Then as the sugar cereal kicks in, you begin your descent into the happy, spazzy TV world of space ghosts, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, Ugh. Hong Kong Fooey, the Herculoids. Yes! And the hard- I was going to say it before you even said it, the Herculoids. And yeah. for the hardcore Saturday morning junkie, live action shows like Jason of Star Command. Oh man, I love the Herculoids. I've talked about it, man. I, I like. There's actually, I think there's an episode of Sovereign Tech titled from years ago, titled yeah. "I Want to Live Like the Herculoids." <laughs> it's such I never a sexy... saw any of these shows. Space Ghost is great too, but but it says so. That what this book is about is says. Little did you know that this cherished world was also the battleground where greedy toy advertisers, network flax, cutthroat cartoon companies, opportunistic politicians, and concerned parents struggled for the attention deficit souls of America's youth. <laughs> wow, I have to read this book. Yeah, I'll send it to you. That sounds really good. Yeah, please do. Uh, okay, here's another one. Um, this looks to be about internal family systems therapy. It's called Parts Work, an Illustrated Guide to Your Inner Life from 2011. What's that, Fred? What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're talking about a joke about internal family systems yeah. therapy where there's like Fred and Sally in your head talking to each other. Like The, the whole idea of it. Of Hold this... on, Lisa's saying something. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, I'm just... Shut up, Sharon. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Sharon! Quiet, Gary. Uh <laughs> The whole idea of internal family systems is that you have these parts in you and the parts like are basically acting like a person and they have like a voice and they have things that they want and they have things that they try to get you to do and they have motivations and values and stuff like that. And you can have conversations with them as part of your therapeutic process and journey. Right. And uh, you can reconcile and integrate those parts so that they stop driving the, the bus, so to speak, of you and stop like, you know, running your life. And uh, 
basically quiet down and let you do your thing. Yeah, Harry agrees. <laughs> right. So does Sally. Uh, so this is like a workbook by Tom Holmes and Lori Holmes. Uh, this looks interesting. I've never seen this one before. Huh. But I like workbooks, you know, for therapy and for, um, you know, self-personal development kind of stuff. It's like, it's always good to have hands-on stuff. Sure. Uh, somebody bought the ego in its own by Max Stirner ah! paperback from 2017. So well this done. must be the new translation, I'm guessing, or maybe just uh, a new version of it. Yeah, the new one's unique in its property, uh, but rock oh, and roll. that's right. Yeah, okay. Uh, American lawnmower sharpening kit <laughs> for 16.99. I didn't know your lawnmower needed to be sharpened, but okay. Oh, the blade, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I guess it does need to be sharpened. Yep. Marine Land Micron cartridge. This is like is some kind of uh, it's some kind of filtration thing. I don't know if it's an air filter or water filter, but we thank you anyway for for using stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Uh the JW Pet Company Soft Grip Cat Nail Clipper and it has a little kitty on the package. <laughs> this is like to cut your cat's nails and uh I don't I would imagine cats don't like to have their nails clipped. I'm just guessing. I don't have a cat. And I will never have a cat because I'm very allergic to them. But I'm just guessing they're not, they don't go quietly when you try to cut their nails. No, I don't so imagine. It helps to have a soft grip. Uh, <laughs> Rubbermaid commercial waste basket, uh, 10 gallon. That's nice. Good choice. Biotics Research Pro uh, Bio, sorry, Biotics Research Bio Multi Plus, iron free. This is like a uh, multivitamin for $53 for like a year's supply. Nice. That's pretty good. Uh, Fever Tree Premium Ginger Beer. So I think, we, did we talk about this on the show before? I s- seem to remember ginger beer coming up. Maybe this is like the second purchase. But um, it's a, it has the distinct smell of fresh ginger, it says. Clean tasting without being overly sweet. And a silky smooth texture created by small, perfectly formed bubbles and ingredients. Works every time. They got a 24-pack. They liked it so much. Nice. Uh, Purina Cat Food Beyond Grain Free. Ocean whitefish and egg recipe, no corn, wheat, or soy, no poultry byproduct, no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. Feed that cat right and clip its nails right. (laughs) Mopar clutch flywheel bolt. I don't know what that's for. Nordic wave microwave tortilla warmer, 10 inch. You can put it in the microwave. We we saw this thing the uh, today. Actually, oh. we, we we went to the store. We we saw this little uh, as seen on TV rack, and one of the devices was called the reheatza. The reheatza, and it was the re- it was the thing to reheat pizza and crisp it in the microwave. Also works well for mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I just love that name, the reheatza. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Pylon Gourmet Espresso Coffee, ten ounce. Mm. Mm, Brian would probably like that. Probably I hate coffee, but he loves coffee. I do. Uh, Walker's Prawn Cocktail Crisps. Now, these look an awful lot like Pringles. They are like potato chips, but they say they're British potatoes, suitable for vegetarians, and they're prawn flavored, so flavored with shrimp, but they're vegetarian. So, okay, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they put in them, but they taste like prawns. Propylene glycol food grade. This is probably someone vaping. They're probably using this as a vape juice, I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. Somebody took my advice and ordered Silver Shield deodorant. So Silver Shield is my kooky deodorant that I use, but it works. I've tried a lot of natural deodorants. Um, Most of them don't work. This works because it contains silver, colloidal silver. Uh Ah. Now, before you say I'm a paranoid Alex Jones person, I mean, yes, a little bit. That's true. But the shit works, okay? Silver is antimicrobial, and microbes make you smell. So, you know, therefore it follows that this is a good deodorant. I, I tried it. I've tried this. It didn't work for me. It didn't, um, okay. But I'm a, I'm a pretty intense guy, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I have to – there's there's only a couple brands that are natural, mm-hmm. quote-unquote natural, that I use that actually work for me. What's your favorite uh, well, I'll give you the two. Um, the one, the expensive option is from Onnit. Mm-hmm. They have a lavender uh, a deodorant, natural deodorant that works really well. Actually, it comes from like North Coast Organics or something like that. So you can buy it not from Onnit. Mm. It's the same damn thing. Uh, and it might be a little cheaper. But 
the one, the inexpensive option and the one that you can find in stores is from Arm & Hammer. They have Arm & Hammer Essentials and they have a natural one that uh, uh, works phenomenal. It's actually the best deodorant I've ever used. So what's the active ingredient? Because I remember using Arm & Hammer Essentials once and it was like supposedly a natural deodorant, which meant, which meant that it wasn't an antiperspirant, but it had triclosan in it, which is the antibiotic that's in like antibacterial mm. hand soaps and that's not natural yeah uh i know it doesn't have what are the two really bad ones that like no aluminum and then there's the one with right. the p what's the other one uh phthalates or no not phthalates um i know what you're talking about why can't i remember the name? yeah that's okay uh, uh parabens parabens yeah. yeah okay so like it doesn't have either of those i'm not sure about the other one but what i do what i actually do is is that if i know it's going to be a really intense day I'll use the Arm & Hammer Essentials. You you mean like an ascent, intense day of sweating? Yes. Working out? Like if I'm going hiking or something like that. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Otherwise, I'll use the Onnit stuff if it's just going to be more of a normal day. Or I'll put on the Onnit stuff twice a day. You know, like that's what I'll have to do. Mm. So those are, that. that's how I roll. Yeah, that's that's how you roll. That's yeah. Right. You roll it on. <laughs> you know what? You know what else is a good natural de deodorant or way of keeping yourself from stinking? Is removing your armpit hair. Oh, I shave mine all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I wax mine. It's I mean, great. I, I'm like right now, I'm I'm bald as a baby. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Somebody bought, uh, this is cool. It was like a package deal of active organic milk kefir grains and the ebook milk kefir unleashed by thomas egbert wow so these are like starter cultures about for 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 making kefir which is fermented milk i guess and they are made from grass-fed whole milk and they give you three times the amount that other sellers give they say on here mm. plus an ebook about how to make milk kefir Okay. That's cool. I wish I wasn't allergic to dairy because I would love to try that. It sounds very healthy. And it was only $12. That's nice. great. Nature made curcumin from turmeric root, uh, 500 milligrams, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory supplement here for only $8 for a bottle. Um, let's see. A square trade pr protection plan on a PC. Shining Night Cactus Terrarium Keychain. This is, I have never seen anything like this. This is a really interesting group of after show items, honestly. Yeah, today. This is I'm, very I'm actually very interested in this. So, so this, there's no price on this because it's currently unavailable and they it's don't priceless. know when it will be back in stock, but it is a real living cactus in a terrarium as a keychain. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. That it is lives cool. in the capsule for over three months or more, easy to water with tiny holes on the bottom. Oh my gosh, I have to get a cactus keychain. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, okay, so there's lots of pets that need their nails trimmed because somebody else got another pet nail trimmer. Pro-cut pet nail clippers for dogs or cats, professional trimmers made with razor-sharp stainless steel blades for easy, smooth nail cutting, suitable for large, medium, and small pets. Easy, breezy, beautiful before. cover cat. <laughs> um, okay, we got a penis pump here, Brian. Oh, I think we have to end off on this note because you really just can't top this. I don't know. Pipe Dream Beginner's <laughs> Power Pump. Clear. Uh, about this product, high intensity super suction medical grade pump ball, quick release valve. And it says with each squeeze of this medical style pump, your pleasure rod will swell with power. Wow. Once you penetrate the smooth, flexible PVC opening, you will quickly discover throbbing, rock-hard erections that feel great and last and last with no midway performance letdowns. Beware of imitations. Only this potent pump can deliver results that truly satisfy. Wow. So I've never messed with these. Um, I think uh, I think maybe Austin Powers or something when I was a teenager kind of killed like the whole concept. Um, I had a guy who at the time was my best friend. Uh, he swore by these. He thought that they were like just the greatest thing. Um, yeah. I mean, you can pump other things besides the penis. You can pump nipples. You can yeah. pump a clitoris, I think. Sure. Yeah. yeah um, so, you know, 
have a good time. I mean, I, I've heard people say great things about them. Um, yeah, for just, sure. Just myself. It's cheap, too. It's only twelve fifty. Yeah. Cheaper I'm, than Viagra, right? Sure. And, you know, myself, I generally stick to, you know, natural. And not that this is unnatural, uh, necessarily. No, actually, I think this is a more natural solution than, um, like, drugs, for example. Right, you know? right. Though I have been experimenting with tribulus lately. What is tribulus and what does it do? Um, Tell me about that. Uh, oh, boy. So it's supposed to actually, it's more supposedly more potent with women as far as increasing mm. libido and things like this. Um, you know, but with men, I guess it, uh, you know, has some has some benefits, testosterone and, and, and you know, things like that. So but you're I, taking herbal remedies to try to make yourself more horny? Something like that. I've done this before. Yeah, but, um, you, you have this weird obsession with it. It's not like I have a problem, you know, <laughs> and I sympathize with those that do. But it's, yeah, I'm curious. Trying it. All right. Well, I expect a full report next week on the show. You'll get a this full report. Sex and Science Hour. If you want to be on our after show, go to stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Pick up any of the stuff we talked about or anything else you want there. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>